0: Welcome to That Hockey Show, part of the Go Hockey Media radio network. It's time to hit the ice for some puck talk, no matter how many teeth you have left, with some of the sharpest line mates covering the game. We're going coast to coast and through the neutral zone to light the lamp with all the latest hockey chirping you can handle. So, you better keep your head up, because the team at THS always finishes their checks. It's showtime. Let's drop the puck, and if we have to, drop the gloves on... That Hockey Show, where the game is always on.
1: Yes, the game is always on right here at THS. Welcome to That Hockey Show, everybody. Your weekly recap of the NHL week that was in the week to come. Thursday, April 15th, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cupper, holding down the THS board here on Long Island in New York. And as always, I'll be joined by my linemates, Mr. Joe Yurden from the great city of Buffalo. We'll do some Sabres talk, some trade talk. And the Eastern Division, and then we'll head out to Chicago, and we'll talk with Tab, and we'll talk some Hawks, chasing the Preds now, a couple of moves, and we'll get into the Central Division with Tab, and then we'll head up to the great city of Montreal, and the North Division, and we'll talk some uh, Montreal Canadian hockey, losing to the Flames last night, what the hell is going on there? Uh, Some trades going on, obviously, up North, we'll get into that with Costa, and then last but not least, we'll head out West, to the West Coast, talk to Mr. Steve Palumbo, about that wild and wacky Western division. Some moves made out there and some big games going on and so on and so forth. And then we'll catch up with him on the Devils cleaning house a little bit and moving forward with their, with their organization into the future. So, we got uh, nine games on the schedule tonight. And let's look real quick at what happened last night, Wednesday, in the league. The Wild beat the Yodes 5-2. The Flames beat the Habs 4-1, as I just mentioned. The Jets beat the Sens 3-2. The Avs beat the Blues in just a incredible game, 4-3. Dubnik gets his debut. Grubauer's out now for a couple of weeks with COVID, so he steps in. He gets his first win with the Avs. Whew. There you go. Last-minute trade, and they got the guy, and he stops him already. All right, Knights, uh, six over the Kings, six to two. And Marc-Andre Fleury uh, got his 480th win last night with that. And uh, I believe he's second now in all-time wins for gold-hending, and Luongo is in third. And I'm just going to guess that it's either uh, it's Bro and – is Rewa still up there? I don't know. I guess I should have done my homework. But anyway, congrats to Marc-Andre Flory with the victory last night. Ducks 4 uh, over the Sharks. 4-1 to one over the Sharks last night to round out the uh, the games in the evening uh, that was last night. Uh, tonight's game. We got uh, nine games tonight. All big ones. They're all big ones now. Unless you get too... Uh, you know, bottom feeders in the division playing each other. But the uh, Isles are at Boston. Uh, word on the street is, Task is uh, Rask is back. Task, listen to me. Um, Tuka Rask. You guys should call him Task. Is that a good nickname for him? What the hell? Um, not sure if he's playing tonight, but um, it looks like he's going to be back since his uh, injury there back on March 25th. Devils at the Rangers tonight. Rangers, uh, this is game two of this four-game set, and we'll get into it with Stevie later. Rangers took the first one 3 nothing the other night. And uh, Rangers just need the points. Devs just going to keep causing trouble. So uh should be a lot of fun there in uh, Jersey and New York this week with, this, with those two teams going at it. Sabres at the Caps tonight. Uh, the Preds are at the Canes. The Cats at the Bolts. Flyers at the Pens. Flyers reeling a little bit here, man. Uh, Jets at the Leafs. That's a good one, man. Two of the best teams in that division. The Hawks at the Wings. Man, do the Hawks need the points don't mess around with the Wings tonight, there, Chicago. Get those two points. And CBJ rounds out the night. Columbus there versus the Stars. Word on the streets is that uh, Ben Bishop and Alex Rad- Alexander Radulov are now out for the season. They had been out. Uh, but now it's official. Uh, they will no longer we'll be playing. And, and as far as the the Sabres, too, and we'll get into this with Joe, it uh, looks like Eichel is also out for the rest of the season with the uh, the neck injury. Look at the standings real quick. Uh, top 16 uh, as we're looking tonight. Abs in first with 64 points. Vegas in second with 60. Caps in third with 60. Leafs in fourth with 60. The Canes in fifth with 58. The Bolts with 58 in sixth. Isles with fifty eight and 7th. The Cats in Florida with 58th and 8th. The Pens, 56 points in 9th. The Jets, 55 points in 10th. The Wild 53 points in 11th. The Oilers, 52 points in 12th. Boston, 50 points in 13th. The Preds, 49 points in 14th. The New York Rangers jumped into the top 16. Unbelievable. 46 points uh, in 15th. And sharing 16th place is the Habs and the Hawks, both with 45 points. So uh, as far as who's still hot in the league, McDavid, 69 points, leading the league. Can he get that 100 points in 56 uh, games? Something to watch here. Hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the way. Matthews, 32 goals, still leading the league in uh, goal scoring. Uh, McDavid, again, leading the, uh, the league in assists with 46 points. Pavelski, keep heading to his uh, power play goal list with 11. Atkinson there, Cam Four shorthanded goals. Not much movement there in the shorthanded goal department. Uh, Grubauer even being out, uh, sharing the uh, lead with uh, Vasilevsky and Tampa Tampa with uh, 25 wins. And Grubauer and Fleury both uh, have five shutouts. Uh, Quick note is uh, Backstrom on the Caps tonight is going to play in his 1,000th game uh, versus the Sabres. Uh, So congrats to him. Um, again, the big news, obviously, is uh, you know all the trades that have been made. We'll get into that with all the guys here today as much as we can. Uh, the ABS remain number one in the power rankings here, uh, uh, according to NHL.com. Dan Rosen, make sure you follow Dan and, and check out that column um, you know, as far as they're going. The Canucks, obviously, big news. They're going to get back here and be playing here with uh, the league. They're going to try and uh, squeeze these games. It looks like the playoffs are being paused a little bit. Um, so I, I'm impressed. I didn't think this was going to happen. I know Miller on the uh, Canucks there has done some um, PR for himself, uh, talking about how he's upset with this happening, concern for his teammates and, and family and everything else. So this is a story is going to unwind here over the next couple of days, but the league is looking to get these guys to finish their season and, um, and, and make it whole one way or the other, uh, regardless of, um, I guess, any concerns right now. But, uh, again, we'll, we'll let this, um, this story kind of fold out. But, you know, if they can do it and everybody gets through it safe and healthy, um, that sounds good to me because uh, you'd like to uh, to have the Canucks in there And as far as the draft lottery and points and playoff opportunities and playoff shifting and so on and so forth. But uh, we will see what happens there uh, with that. So there you go, folks. A quick roundup of what's going on. We appreciate everybody who's been listening to us and sharing and subscribing uh, can't thank you guys enough. It's hard to believe we're in our uh, 14th week, 13th, 14th week here uh, of the season. And uh, again, my line mates Joe, Costa, Tab, and Steve have just been fantastic. We've been having a lot of fun and uh, we're looking to continue to do this. This is just the first season run at this and, and giving it a shot during this COVID season. But um, the feedback and the listenership, and, and uh, it's been all positive. So we really can't thank you guys enough for, uh, for hanging around with us. And we look forward to keep doing this. And, and we'll roll through the playoffs here. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We might as well, right? We've been here all season. So um, good stuff. And, again, thank you guys so much from me and, and, and all the crew here at THS. But now, folks, it's time to bring my linemates on. And as always, let's get started in the face-off circle with the great Joe Yarden
0: up in the great city of Buffalo, New York. Let's talk some Sabres.
1: Let's do a little talk of the Sabres. And a little more talk of some trades and this Eastern Division right here on the East Coast. Joe, what's going on, brother? Welcome back to THS.
2: Wally, we're doing
1: good here, man. It's good to be back with you once again. Hard to believe, Joe. I, I, is it is it week 13? I forgot to look. I'm so terrible. I'm just the producer of this show, and I should know what episode it is and what week it is. But. It's,
2: it's, uh, it's a lucky number I heard, 13. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, buddy, um, let's get into it here. Um, first of all, I see the announcement that Eichel is out now for the rest of the year. Yeah. With the neck injury. So he's not going to be able to save the Sabres season all by himself. <laughs> well,. We put I think we, we we can put
2: a bow on the season now they, they, all the whole of hope is is lost and crushed now <laughs> Jack is Jack's done for the year the the, the undefeated streak they were gonna go on to, to end the season and finish five points short of the playoffs you know that's uh Superman it's, all, is dead. it's all gone now
3: yes <laughs> <laughs> all you, DC know what, comic you know fans what
1: fans oh, out
2: there <laughs> I know it, it's you know I don't think it was, I don't think anybody was too caught off guard by this one. <laughs> I think, I think everybody was just more kind of waiting to hear what exactly was, was going on uh, because uh, you know, idle hands are the devil's workshop and idle idle times without any updates on injuries created some, some people to stir up some crazy talk about well, like what, you know, where's Jack, where's he been, what's going on with them. And you can only imagine can only imagine the insane stuff people were saying. I heard he's on a beach in the Caribbean. (laughs) That's one of the nicer things that I've heard in that case. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's good to know that he's, you know, they're going to move ahead and, and look ahead to next season with him. But like, let's face it. Everybody in Buffalo is looking ahead to next season. Jack's Jack's not the only one there. He's just got, he's got the uh, permission slip to finally go ahead and do it. Yeah. So that's, you know what, when you're talking about a neck injury, herniated disc, man, like that's don't mess around with that stuff. Like that. And I and heard like, that's
1: all from just being on the bench with his head down, just shaking his head. Just shaking yeah. his head All the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're
2: losing again. What am I doing oh, here? Jeez. <laughs> oh, just yeah, every every night just going ah oh, geez ah oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, maybe with a few more colorful words interspersed between the the ah oh, geez, but uh, but yeah it it's 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 crazy to 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 think back to that game against the Islanders where Sezicus hits him from behind, and then you see him on the bench just kind of like you know shaking his shaking his head out, and just you know rubbing the back of his neck, and you're just that was the last time we saw him, and yeah whoops yeah. Uh, I guess that, I guess that was I guess that was the time, but man he he's been dealing with it all year. Like Mm -hmm. he he, he had a, he had an upper body injury before the season started. He got in camp uh, supposedly when he was, uh, he was weightlifting and something. Um, we never really got a clear understanding of what, what happened there. But, uh, but there was that. And then, you know, he, he sat out that game. um, He sat out a like a game or two uh, around a Philly game and, um, he like practiced and then he didn't play. And then Ralph said, no, oh, everything's fine. And then they asked Jack when he came back the next game and he goes, it was no, no. Like they he said, he got, said he got hurt warm up So that's why he didn't play. And Jack said, actually, no, I got hurt the game before that. I don't know what's going on there. And that was, that was one of the lighter things that happened during the, uh, the 18 game, you know, road to destruction that they had. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, he's just, he's dealt with so much stuff this year and it's just like, all right, just. Take it easy. Just go, yeah. go rest up. Get Have a mojito. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Another mojito on the beach. Just <laughs> take it easy. It's no need, no need to hurry. No need to, to, to go, go wild here and, and get back, get, try to get back in the lineup here for a season that's done.
1: Joe, it's going to be some training camp and preseason up in Buffalo next year. Another clean sa- slate for the Sabres. Um, just it's like crowd talk day up there every year but let's talk about (laughs) taylor hall going and my buddy montour heading to uh florida which i think is a super pickup for the cats obviously with ekblad going down uh what do you think those two guys are going to do for uh those two squads
2: you know i i like i like florida adding montour because i mean you you can't replace what ekblad does ekblad's Mm dynamite. I mean, he was having a great season and then he has that gross injury folding up underneath his, underneath his leg there. And, um, but you know, but Montour, I mean, Hey, listen, the Florida guys were, were raving about him, uh, talking, talking when they brought him in. So I, I think that's a good fit. Um, cause I, th- I, cause I think Quenville likes that kind of guy on the, on the defense. Um, that that's, that's, he's, he's got that sort of style to him where, you know, if you let him jump into the rush and Florida's got guys that can jump into the rush, I really, like. I really like what Florida has been doing this year. Um, but I, I think Montour adds that physical presence, you know, a little puck carrier there, play them deep on your defense, you know, play him third pair, give them third pair minutes, you know, specialize how you use them. I think he'll be fine there as for Hall. I mean, that that's its own little soap opera as far as Buffalo is concerned, because he had the hammer with the no move clause. And when um, when he, when he, when he made it known that he wanted to go to Boston and the, the thing, the thing Sabres fans kept telling me on Twitter was these Kevin Adams, boy, had that guy get a no move clause. They should fire the guy that gave it to him. And I'm like, <laughs> awkward. That's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> that's, that's awkward. But you know, I mean, sometimes giving a guy 8 million a year, isn't, isn't quite enough uh, for to, 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 to get you to come to a place. So having a no move clause helps too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the fact that he picked Boston, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, listen, he, he talked about signing with Boston before he signed with Buffalo. And it's like, well, geez, dude, if you wanted to go to Boston the whole time, just go to Boston. Like, I don't care. They're paying you 3 million less, but, uh, but it, you know, I listen, the, the Sabres, they get Anders Bjork out of the deal. They get a second round pick next year. And what's supposed to be a better draft, although, you know, if it's a Boston pick, it's probably going to be a late second round pick mm-hmm. as opposed to an early second round pick, which is, which is kind of a bite in the bite in the chops. But, uh, but you know, this is, I mean, listen, they, 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 you know, they've already had to play Boston once, you know, they lose in a shootout. So, okay, fine. You know, Hall gets it. Hall gets an assist in that game. All right, fine. Like that's, that's fine. But they're going to have to see him a lot here towards the end of the year. Buffalo will. And you know, not that there's any bad blood there. I mean, there's, there's not maybe with the front office, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Cam Neely's got to come and fight Kevin Adams or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, but maybe there's, you know, there there's a little bit of juice there for the Sabres. The, the, the Sabres have been playing better. And if you need something to give you a little bit of a jump against the Bruins, you know, maybe it's just to kind of, you know, maybe stick at the hall, but based on that game, the other night, um, Sabres might have to find some tough guys in their system to deal with the Bruins because they were getting run all over the ice by Nick Ritchie. And it finally took Matt Irwin to step up and, and dropped, well, he dropped his gloves and Ritchie pounded him for it. And then, uh, you know, you saw Tage Thompson get absolutely filled in by Kevin Miller, which I, why anybody would ever fight a guy that's as big as Paul Bunyan, like Kevin Miller is, is beyond me. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I, listen, good for those guys for at least stepping up when, you know, you got Darlene getting run all over the place. You get, you know, Bruins were, were kind of toying with them the whole game. Uh, so we'll see what happens next week when, when they, when they face off, I think three, three games in a row, I think they're playing each other. So it could get a little feisty, but, uh, but as far as, as far as hall goes, I mean, listen, if they had any other deals out there, it's pointless to even talk to talk about them because you wanted to go, you wanted to go to Boston and that was that. And, when you're when you're hamstrung by the no move clause, man, you gotta you gotta take what you can get. The fact that he you got as much as he did is probably okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, you would love a first, but I mean, what do you got to do if the guy's gonna nix a, a trade to go to anywhere else? Then you're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah. Um, what can we say, Joe? It's a weird situation. It's you know I talk about the Rangers' season being weird. Uh, the Sabers definitely get a high marks for. A pretty darn weird season too, with everything that's happened. Yeah. It definitely wasn't uh, a different, a definitely a different script than the one they had written out <laughs> before yeah. this fifty-six game campaign uh, started out. So I, you know, look, Sabres fans, you know, you, you, you're looking. I mean, where's the the co? I guess because we talked about this, and you were hoping that hopefully they'd put somebody in here behind the bench. But mm-hmm. it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It doesn't really make much sense right now with, you know, less no. than like, 14, 13 games left in the season. Um, any other buzz in terms of what in terms of the, the team and uh, mentioning anything about coaching? Are they just going to wait for the draft? Are they going to stick with what they got? What's the what's the word on the street with that, Joe?
2: Well, Kevin Adams said that they've they've had some conversations with some with some other guys. But uh, the way the team is responding and and, and handling things under Don Granato, uh, the, the, they're in, I think they're really liking what they're getting out of Granado. And I think it's, you know, we, we kind of discussed last week, he's the polar opposite of what Ralph Krueger is, um, you know, both in personality and, and, and how he how he goes about coaching these guys. And I, I think there's there's something to be said for for the, the kind of building up and developing he's doing with, with these guys, because we're seeing some of these guys getting back to what made them good players and made them, you know, high end prospects and high end players as, as younger players that that's not to say that they're old players. Now, Rasmus Dahlin just turned 21. <laughs> you know, he's not an old guy by any means, you know, Casey Middlestat's 22. These, these aren't old guys,
3: no, but they're old. getting
2: better play out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they're valuing a lot, a lot of what, Adams talked about uh, when he was hired when when they hired Seth Appert to coach in Rochester was like getting development, getting these guys to grow into their roles. And we're seeing Renato do do that right now as the interim. And I do wonder and this goes back to the debate we were having, you know, right when they when they fired Ralph as to how how to go about picking the next coach. If Don's the guy, I'm really interested to see how this plays out, because yeah, he's, he's a better develop, development type guy. He's a better guy at coaching you, coaching you up and leaning into your strengths. And I wonder if that realization is something that really keys in on what the Sabres want to do as in the grand scheme of things, because that that sort of plays into their hands as, as to how they want to do it. You know, lean in. Lean in harder with with how they do with with getting these guys to place to play to their best abilities and not just throwing a system down and saying, all right, play the system or you're you're done. You know, like that's that's how it goes, because that's the way a lot of coaches do it. They say we play this way or it's the highway. And Granada doesn't seem to be that sort of guy, which I don't know. I think there's something to be said for having a coach that does that. Because I mean, yeah, system and discipline and all that stuff comes, you know, comes into play when when you get further along down the road. But I, I don't know, guys. NHL players have so much otherworldly talent, and I'm talking every every player across the league has this. And if you're able to get the most out of them, holy cow, that's I mean that that's what you want out of your coach. And if just adhering to a system is the way to get it done, I mean, hey, good for you. But I mean, geez, you got all these guys have have individual skills you can you can work to and and work with and make your team better and more creative and do better things with it to do. So I think it's it's an it. I think there's a bigger conversation to be had there between, and it's not like he plays at loosey goosey. There is a system there, but it's mm-hmm. more catering to what to what he's got to work with. And I I think there's there's a debate to be had as to whether that's better or you know a stringent like you know Barry Trotz has. You know, his system is, you know, it's not like his road, you know, his way or the highway. But if you don't play the way he needs you to play, you ain't playing like it's as simple as that. But finding guys that work better for, for those roles. But I'll be really interested to see if if they stick with him or if that leads them down the road to finding a coach who's got you maybe has more of a reputation or more of a um track record of being that way as a guy who's a more established NHL coach. So I'll be really curious to see how that works out when it comes to discussion time uh, once the season's
1: up. Yeah. And it's a crapshoot, You know, this Joe in the league, uh, so many things have to line up. You could look at the model down here in New York with the Rangers, you know, Quinn's a third year coach. He's got the the young guys. He's got the mix, but he's also got some pretty Damn good, you know, stars on his team. Whether it's Panarin yeah. and Kreider and and Zibandiger there, and you know, so you got to have that mix, and you know, kind of getting lucky with the goaltender. You look at Trots; not so many big stars on the Islanders, you know, but just guys that work hard. Obviously, a lot of guys that they brought in through their system, paired with a veteran coach and a veteran GM. So it's kind of weird how it's got to just line up, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see which route the Sabres go. And I'm pulling for the team, man. I've had enough of this man every year. Let's get it going, figure it out, decide on a a plan here and stick with it. So, you know, I don't know how different it is as far as like monetarily, financially. How can you say that with a guy like Pagula and what they've already thrown at? But, you know, the Rangers here with the rebuild and the reconstruction and the fan base kind of starting over, we're starting to see it. And I think the Rangers are ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, do the Sabres organization and their fan base have that patience now to maybe try and do the same thing? They're doing it in Chicago. It looks like it's going to work out in, in Ottawa now. So you can see mm-hmm. it across certain teams where things are lining up and the, and the question is is can they do that in Buffalo? Will they be able to, to just give that a shot?
2: Yeah, patience has run has run out yeah, here. I would say, you know, yeah. it's you know, you're talking ten years out of the playoffs oh. at this point. You know, like that that's unheard of in the NHL. Like that stuff doesn't happen. You, you can trip and fall your way into the playoffs at some point. They almost did it last year. I mean, they, they were one flip one loss into a win, and they were in the bubble last summer. And like that's that's how close how close they were as the 25th best team in the NHL, Um, which is terrible. But like, also they were that close to being 24th and being in it. And instead, you know, they weren't, but, um, but the patience has run out here. Like, and it's, it's gotten to the point where the fans are, fans are just kind of like, all right, at what point is Jack Wan out? At what point do they just tear it down again? Because they've given it six, seven years with, you know, with the franchise player and it's not working. And yeah, and at this point right now, it's a fair question to ask. And that's that that's a it's more than enough reason for fans to be like, all right, listen, if they if they bail out on Jack now, I'm done with this team for a few years, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know what? It's justified. Yeah. And if I'm the Pagulas, I'm terrified of that being the case, because who are you selling tickets to at that point? They've already they've already eroded away a lot of their season ticket base. You know, I remember, geez, when I first got here in 13, 14, now granted the team was bad in 13, 14 as well, but there was a waiting list for season tickets. There is no longer a waiting list. Like the, the ticket people, I feel bad for them because they're going down a list of interested people every summer saying, you want to buy this year, please. And then people are like, no, no, I don't. Wow. I don't want, I don't want to do that because you know what? If I want to go to a game, I'm going to jump on StubHub, get them for five bucks. Then I'll go see a game. <laughs> you know, like it's, it, it gets to that level. So, I mean, it, it, it behooves everybody to get it back on track. You know, it behooves, you know, the owners, obviously they got to get it back on track, but holy cow, man, this team, this city, you see how they responded to the bills, man, get a winner in place. Everybody goes nuts. You yeah. go absolutely crazy. Get them a championship. You'll, you'll own the city forever. And like, yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. And if you're the owners, well, you own both teams. So figure it out with, with both of them instead of just one.
1: All right, Joe, let's 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 shift to teams who actually might have a chance of winning a championship this year in the National <laughs> Hockey League. And a few of them are hanging out in the Eastern Division, which we uh, go back and forth on every week here. So, look, as far as trades, uh, we saw what the Islanders did with uh, Palmieri there and Zay Jack coming over early. Um and then, uh, you know, the Caps went out and got Mantha. You know, guy already popped in a goal. He's a, he's a giant. That kid's unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. Him and Sedano uh, should start a uh, basketball team. And, um, <laughs> and the Penguins pick up Carter. You know, Rangers stay quiet. They really didn't have to do too much there. And, and, yeah. and Boston, like we said, we talked about Hall. So I don't know how much has changed. Um, out of those trades there for at least those top three teams, who do you think helps – the most and, and gives anybody an advantage, if at all.
2: You know, I'm a, I'm a big Jeff Carter fan. I always have been like going back to his time in Philly. I thought he was going to, I, you know, I thought he was going to be just a dynamite player and it got weird in Philly. And then they, then they traded him to Columbus and it was just like, okay, that's, that's odd. But when he wound up in Los Angeles, man, he thrived, he absolutely thrived in LA and those two cup teams they had there. Holy cow, they don't win it without without Carter. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you get Dustin Brown and Kopitar and those guys playing great, but holy smokes, Carter was Carter was instrumental on both of those teams. And adding him to that team in Pittsburgh with, you know, you got Malkins coming back in a couple of weeks, probably. You add Carter to that mix. I mean, Carter's, I mean, there's mileage there. I mean, he's he's not a young guy anymore. But, you know, he and he and Crosby are like old-time buds. You get Carter on a power play unit. I don't know, man, that's that that that's a sneaky, really good ad uh, as far as I'm concerned, because I think Carter I think Carter's got enough in him for like a year or two more. It's enough mileage and enough veteran know how there to, to, to really give them a lift. You're not asking him to carry a he- the heavy weight, but like that's that's a dude who knows how to play. And I think that's, you know, when you're Pittsburgh and you're you're, you got all your elite guys getting up there in age. You're just asking to just get some guys there to, that can help shoulder the weight. Yeah. And to me, he's the absolute right guy that fits into that mix uh, because you're not asking to, to, to change things out like crazy. They're playing really well. Now uh, the, the questions they had on defense before have gotten kind of figured out. The goal gotten a lot better. So now you just need some more help up front, little, you know, a couple extra goals here and there. That's a nice ad. I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. But you know what? I love the Mantha ad for the Caps. I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a dynamite ad. Now, they gave up a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, mean, that's, I mean, they gave up Verona, who was, you know, the situation with him got weird there. Mantha was in the same sort of spot in Detroit. So it's like two guys looking for a new address. You know, they find their way. They gave up a first and a second, though, to get Mantha. That's a lot. They're going to win
0: the cup this year. That's why.
2: <laughs> well, that's the spot that they're in. You don't give a <laughs> crap about giving up exactly. those picks because if you win a cup, no one cares. No one cares about your picks if you win the cup. Pittsburgh's played by that by by that role for yep. years. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it's hamstringing them now because they got nothing left in the prospects. But I mean, you're not playing to develop prospects if you're trying to win cups. And like Washington recognizing that's the right thing. I mean. They're probably a couple of years away from not not being able to to do that by trading away those picks because you're gonna need them. But I mean, but I mean, Matt is not old. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not an old guy by any stretch. I mean, you get him in there, you get him motivated. You get Ovi kicking him in the ass. You get Oshi doing the same thing. Get him motivated. Get his feet moving. He can be dynamite. I mean, we've seen it in Detroit. He can fill in that. We saw it when he. I remember watching, seeing video of this kid playing. Uh, what was he? He was playing in Valdor and in, in the Quebec League. Well, this guy just did nothing but score. So uh, the ability's there. Like he's he's really good. I I really like Anthony Manta quite a bit. Um but I understand why Detroit moves him and I understand why Washington brought him on. So like mm-hmm. that's that to me. I mean, you're looking at a Washington team now that can roll what three lines deep that can that can burn you.
3: Yep.
2: Who boy. So nice. And you know what? Connor Sherry's having a nice year. You know, Ovi's still Ovi. Backstrom's had a nice bounce back year. You know, Kuznetsov, get, catch him in one of his heaters, and they're getting, like, they're, that, that's a really difficult team. Like, well, I love what Washington's doing. As long as the goaltending holds up, they're
1: dynamite. They are, yep. they
2: are absolutely fun. And it fun. seems
1: to. It seems to be holding up well for them. And, you know, they might, like I said, they might just have to go out and score six, seven goals every night, which they're capable of now. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, but I think about, think ahead to the playoffs though. Like say they're
2: getting to like the division final and they got to deal with the Islanders mm-hmm. and the Islanders are rolling at you with, you know, with that iron curtain defense that, the, that, they can throw up and they're limiting your opportunities. Well, if you can roll three lines, at them, you're going to be able to take advantage of what, of one of those matchups at some point to be able to get, to be able to pop some goals. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I think they're kind of looking ahead to like, you know, like Pittsburgh is, you know, Pittsburgh's in there tight. Isles are in there tight. Boston, man, Boston, geez. I, I mean, that I think the sneaky good move for them was getting Mike Riley out of Ottawa uh, because they needed a D help in the worst way. Holy cow, do they need D help? Uh, like, you know, a bunch of their guys are hurt. Um, they're rolling with two AHL goalies right now. I mean, Swayman's played really well, and so is Vladush, And I, I, they're both good, but they're really young. So, like, you're just kind of biding your time waiting for Rask to get healthy again. It seems like he that's coming on the horizon. But, I mean, I don't think Boston's really too worried right now about the Rangers or Philly. Like, Philly keeps tripping over themselves. The Rangers are still pretty inexperienced. But, I mean, Boston isn't really worrying too much. I mean, Boston's got to be more worried about having to deal with the Caps in the first round. Imagine you're the Bruins. you got to deal with Chara for a seven-game series. No! No thanks! <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this guy kicking my ass for, for seven games at most. Like, jeez. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's like <laughs> have flashbacks to when Ottawa, Ottawa had them and they were doing it back in the day. So, uh, you know, it, that's, that, that that's, I mean, it seems like it's pretty set right now in the East, unless something weird happens with Boston or the Rangers catch super fire or Philly, <laughs> Philly, Philly goes on a super heater, but I don't see it happening. Like, no. I don't have many I don't know how many more games Philly's got with the devils. I know they don't, I think they got one more left with Buffalo, but like, that's not an easy game now um but like teams like you know boston's got a ton with with buffalo uh so does pittsburgh but like those aren't easy wins for them now like if things stayed the way they were you could just count those points off and give it to them now but like that's that's a lot harder jersey i don't know jersey might be that team to roll over now but hey who's to say that philly won't be
1: yeah i mean obviously um look the rangers Found a couple of kinks in the Islanders' armor there over the weekend. Maybe that's just the adjustment with the two guys coming in. But I'm sure Trotz is going to figure that out. Um, just looking forward to the big games between these, you know, the top four here. Yeah, Boston's just got to win. I mean, this is all Captain Obvious stuff here. And we'll see what the Rangers do against the Devils this week in terms of how the Devils are going to play, if they're going to be spoilers. And Philadelphia just seems to have just lost the rhythm. They just It reminds me of, like, the last year Vigneault was with the Rangers. It's just like, it just went from... You know, season or two really good there, and now it's like, bleh. it's like they're just so yeah. like, uninteresting.
3: You know, yeah, uh,
2: it's I, it's it's wild to see it because like last year they were so fun, and like you know, Hart played great, and yeah. everything clicked right. And now this year, you're right, the a- and it's AV again, and it's crazy to think AV's got what four more years on nah. his contract. Nah. Holy cow, he'll be earning like, that. He'll be earning that and twenty percent oh, on a beach oh. with. Uh, with Hans Gruber, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, gee whiz, man! Like, I mean, giving a coach a five-year deal, anyways, is, is oh, I don't you, know, you can't like in the NHL, giving a coach a five-year deal is nuts. But I mean, my goodness, they, they're, I mean, they're talking like they still might have to fire him, and it's like you're going to pay this guy for three more years. Boy, what a vacation! Give me that job, please. Yeah, please give me that job. Fire. Here's a few million. Go away for a few years. You got to figure gotta- they're
1: gonna give Vigs one more year, but I wouldn't. Yo, all of us wouldn't be surprised if, surprised if it gets fired. You know, they're gonna they're gonna scour the locker room and find out what the vibe is and, and and find out what the problem, the issue is. You know, as far as what's going on there. But man,
2: well, you know, you know what's nutty is, and the thing that's get they're gonna kick themselves over is that they went whole hog to go for AV because they wanted the vet coach in there when they had Chris Knobloch sitting there coaching Lehigh Valley and they could have just called him right up and said, all right, we got you. You're a guy now." letting him go now. And now, now, yeah. Like the Rangers are like, we might need him next year. We,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we might need him by the end of this year. We don't know. Oh man. (laughs) Fun stuff as always. Joe, you're the best as always, doing this with me every week. Uh, good times. Hopefully uh, better times here for Buffalo. We'll keep rolling on here till the rest of the season. But anyway, bud, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. And stay safe and healthy, man. Thanks so much. You do, my man. Always good. You're the king. No, uh, no, no. Not at all. You are. You are, Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe! All right. Joe and everybody, from Buffalo. Sabres, Eastern Division. Great stuff as always. And
0: THS, rolls on! Well, all right, it's time to go out to the great city of Chicago,
1: talk some Blackhawks and its Central Division.
0: Woo! It's getting tight. It's getting tough. It's a great Tab Bamford. Tab, what's going on, buddy? Welcome back to THS.
4: Oh, it is good to be back in Burbank, Johnny. <laughs> uh, it's uh, You know what? It, it was a hectic week last week. We had some trade action that everybody was getting ready for. Uh, It was an underwhelming deadline, I think league-wide, but it did not disappoint with some headliners and some bangers and some interesting stuff going down, but uh, excited to see what the last few weeks of the 2021 regular season have in store for us, because I think you've got four divisions, all of which have some intrigue in various elements of their respective playoff races.
1: Yes, absolutely. So why don't we start there? Why, Ted, why don't you just take a wide look here across the board as far as, you know, you said as far as, you know, the, the, the trades made not really being, uh, you know, super-duper exciting and all that other stuff. But a couple of teams made, I think, some, some big trades, uh, you know, whether, you know, I like Felino up in Toronto. I think that's a good move, um, you know, obviously what the Islanders did with Palmieri and Jack and so on and so forth. But um, give me your take on, on maybe one of the two that stood out out of the trades that were made.
4: Well, I think the, the the headline grabber was the really the last one to come across the wire, well, at least the the last one that came across kind of after the deadline had passed, but uh, but got into the queue in time, and that was the Washington Detroit deal that sent Anthony Mantha. Everybody to loves Washington. this trade, man. Yeah, you know it, it's interesting because I think with, I mean, look, Mantha's a a, a massive chunk of human being. Um, you know he, I, I, I think you know being a six foot, you know he's a middle linebacker, quasi outside linebacker on skates. He's 6'5", 235 probably you know maybe closer to two forty. Um, has shown the ability to be a, you know a, roughly a thirty goal scorer, twenty five in, in sixty seven games a couple years ago with the Red Wings, um, but. I, it always felt like Detroit wanted more. And, you know, he took a little bit of a step back last year at 16 and 43, um, 11 and 42 this year. So kind of it felt like he was sliding in the wrong direction. Um, but he is a big physical guy who I think fits into what Washington does really well. Uh, and so, you know, I mean – Washington was going to be a headache to play against anyway. Now you add someone the size and with the ability of Mantha to that mix and, you know, God help us in that division. But I think a lot of people focus on how Mantha fits into Washington and doesn't talk enough about what the, you know, what the Capitals gave up and... Uh, I think most people focused on okay, so they got a couple players and a first and a second, but let's not undersell you know the ability of Jacob Brana as you know a really good goal scorer and a really solid forward. He had 25 last year in 69 games. He was a 52 point guy last year, and you know he was on pace for another 50 point season this year with Washington, 25 points in 39 games. So. He's obviously smaller, six foot, about two hundred. Um, but I think this is a, a kind of a deal where each team had a guy that they drafted a number of years back that they absolutely loved, who wasn't everything that they'd kind of sort of hoped that he would be. And so, like I think Verana and Manta fit the the styles of the teams that they ended up with after the trade better than they did where they were.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then Detroit gets, you know, Richard Panic or Dick panic as he's known in Chicago <laughs> and, a, and a first and a second. And you just tip your cap to, you know, stick cap to Steve Iserman for, you know, pulling off, you know, another tremendous deal. So, you know, that one I think really jumped off. I think Winnipeg did a great job to get Jordy Ben they needed help on the back end. He's not going to be a thirty-minute guy, but he's a good, solid, physical defenseman. I was I was intrigued that Anaheim would give up Hayden Flurry. Um, you know, I, I think obviously Anaheim's not going for anything this year, so I was, that that deal just kind of intrigued me. Like, why? I guess would would they would they swing that one? Uh, the other huge win I think for a team that's got legit top top end cup hopes with Sam Bennett going to Florida. Um, you know, I think when you look at how much extra beyond the two primary pieces was given up in the Manta deal for Florida to get Sam Bennett for a second and a, a decent, but not like overwhelming prospect is just, it feels like stealing. Um, and then the, the last one that I think I'll, I'll point to, you know, living here in Chicago, um, well, I really 1A, 1B. Uh, Vegas pulls the trigger on a pretty steep price to get Matthias Yanmark uh, out of Chicago, uh, a, a guy who we talked about him this entire season. Great signing for Stan Bowman, outplayed the what he was getting paid in Chicago. He was a rental. Bowman did what he was supposed to do, bring a guy in that's got some upside, give them the minutes to exceed what they're paying him, and then flip him for assets. And Chicago got a second and a third from Vegas for him. And then the counter to that was Colorado making a deal with Chicago to bring back Carl Soderberg, a big-bodied center who wins mm-hmm. faceoffs, And they gave up two fringe prospects. You know, a, a 20, I think 24-year-old Josh Dickinson, who's kind of a fringe AHL, ECHL guy. And a twenty twenty-fifth rounder, Ryder Rolston, who is more intriguing for me from a Chicago perspective, uh, just finished his freshman year at Notre Dame. One of the Blackhawks' top prospects, uh, Landon Slaggart, is on that same team at Notre Dame. I jokingly tweeted about Stan Bowman's love affair with the Fighting Irish. He graduated from there. The Blackhawks have had prospects there just about on an annual basis. Um, but Rolston was picked a couple selections in front of the Blackhawks, taking a defense, Isaac Phillips, who – they recently signed to an entry-level deal. So, I, you know, I think that kind of clearly points to Chicago probably had their eyes on Rolston in the fifth round. He came off the board and they pivoted to a defenseman that they really liked and liked enough to sign a fifth-year pick in his draft year to an entry-level deal. Um, and then, you know, it, there are lots of other little stuff. You know, I think the Blackhawks getting Adam Gaudette for Matthew Highmore was like low-key highway robbery for Chicago. Um you know, I think Kulikov, the Kulikov deal was nice, um, You know, jersey selling. So I think that there were a lot of hockey moves, uh, not as many. I thought there would be more deals of teams prepping themselves for the expansion draft.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I thought you'd have a lot of like fringe guy who's getting outplayed by prospects who's got two years left on his contract to fill an expansion draft need for a team. Thought you'd have like a dozen of those trades of guys just dead deadweight contract that maybe he can contribute as a bottom six guy or a you know third pair defenseman but fills that expansion need. And you didn't see that, which was interesting. But you know, lots of lots of teams going for it. And I think the big one with the Washington deal and then Sam Bennett going to Florida. I think those were the two teams that have bona fide cap aspiration or cup aspirations, I should say that we're able to go get a difference maker for a deep playoff run at the deadline.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I hear what you're saying. Like I said, all different kinds of move, And you brought up some some trades, like I said, outside of the bigger names that, you know, like Carter going to Pittsburgh and uh, Hall going to Boston and, you know, um, a couple of the other moves. Like I said, Foligno going to Toronto and everything else. I mean, some of these trades you brought up here, too, like just just kind of smaller deals, but – Important and I, you know, two great points you brought up, and let's talk about these two teams here that are going to be playing the, the, each week this weekend, and that's the Hawks and and the Wings. You know, um, Eisman probably grabbing the best team. You know, with the Caps, who look like they're going to make a really good run at it. You know, they have to be one of the favorite teams to to, to win the Cup this year with Laviel up behind the bench there, all that experience. The defense holds up, and and man, you could just put uh, you know Chara and uh, and Manta in front of the net on the power play, and then take care of the rest of it there. But um, yeah, you know, if there's Chicago, any net
4: left between the two of them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just
4: unbelievable. I can't it's wait to two see big it. boys.
1: Yeah. Um, so, talk about the Wings here and the Hawks here a little bit. I mean, they're playing here this weekend. You know, as far as where the Hawks are standing right now, uh, dropped four points behind Nashville. After these two games with the Wings, which you got to figure, and I guess that's what I want to ask you, to, where after the trades, the tinkering they've made here, we've talked about them being, uh, you know, having just a really good year with all the mix of the young talent, and uh, talent, young coach and Carlton. Um, You know, big, big three games set with Nashville after Detroit. You know, which is obviously going to maybe, you know, get them back in it or maybe just kind of get the, the, you know, the Preds will make the distance there between them. So, kind of a crossroads coming up here this weekend and, and next week with where the Hawks are at. I think either way, and this is what I want to ask you as far as the Hawks can be kind of happy either way. If they get a little closer to, to Nashville and with, if they can kind of get that playoff experience that we talked about here in the show, it's invaluable. That's super. But if they tail off, with the moves, it kind of settles back into, all right, we're just going to keep concentrating on the future, and the future looks pretty good here in Chicago.
4: Yeah, well, and, and this is the thing that I think everybody has to keep in mind here. Like, And, and I think we need to also you know, remind ourselves here that you, know, you have to wander a little bit further back with the Blackhawks to really grab the full scope of what they did before the trade deadline. So, um, you know, they were able to make a deal uh, with Vancouver to bring in Adam Gaudette, former Hobie Baker winner. He's got a lot of, I think he's got more offensive upside than Matthew Highmore. Um, He's still got to get his legs back under him from having what sounds like a pretty bad case of COVID uh, up there with the Canucks. But I think he's an interesting young guy. Um, you know, the, the, the picks, the two guys that they got from Colorado for Soderbergh I think are non-factors in the next couple years. Um, another deal that they made, uh, a, almost a full week before the deadline was with Florida. And uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week with Riley Stillman and Brett Conley coming in, mm-hmm. Stillman jumped straight into the lineup on Tuesday, on Monday night, and uh, he skated heavy minutes, looked pretty good for a guy that was jumping into a lineup that lost Adam Boquist after, on the first shift of the game, I think it was his second shift of the game. Boquist had a deflected puck hit him in the jaw. He's in concussion protocol, so he's not playing tonight. Um, my guy, Ian Mitchell's drawn back into the lineup. So he went, you know, from joining a rotation and getting his feet wet to being asked to skate 20 minutes. And looked pretty good. And Brett Conley chipped in with a goal. And he tweeted at me like, hey, here we go. This is the guy. Um, but with Gaudette, with Henrik Borgström in that deal from Florida coming in, I mean, those are a couple young forwards that I think have a lot of potential. And Stan Bowman's talked about, you know, they really like the idea of having Borgström in Chicago next year which does raise a question about, you know, if they are having contingencies already in place for not having a Jonathan Taves next year. But, mm-hmm. um, but you have to remember with this entire package and everything else that Chicago's got going on, they were expected to be a lottery team this year. And they're in the playoff conversation with a lineup that had some rentals that they flipped like they should. But a lot of these young guys are well outperforming what expectations were. And it looks like, the Blackhawks actually have some really viable NHL assets coming out of their system right now. So supplementing that with a, 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 you know, a defenseman like Stillman who has a little bit more sandpaper to his game than some of the guys that are ready to go, certainly like a Mitchell or a Bowden or a Boquist, he's going to be a little bit more physical. Uh, Conley brings in some size and a, a veteran presence who has been through the, the playoffs before. So that's another good veteran body. But, Chicago's building for 21, 22, and beyond. They've added a boatload of picks, and now I think with Yanmark and Walmark, you know, if your last name ended in Mark, goodbye, (laughs) or if your first name was Lucas because they traded Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark to Florida. So either a Mark or a Lucas, you're gone. Um, So no Star Wars at the United Center apparently. (laughs) But uh, there's your ADHD moment of the day. Wow, but no, a lot, a lot of veterans out the door. You know, Soderbergh gone. So now you're going to get some more run of young guys at the dot. You're going to start seeing more heavier minutes given to young prospects. And if that turns into a playoff run, great. But you're right, like Nashville's plowing through the division right now. Those three games, I think, will go a long way in deciding the, the, the fate for the Chicago Blackhawks because then they've got Tampa for one, two with Florida, three with Carolina, and then a banged-up Dallas team to close out the year, and I don't – I just – I don't think we, – we've, we've talked about this every single week. Dallas just can't get their act together with any kind of consistency at all. And so I just – I think it's too late in the game for them. Obviously, they've still got games to make up, but they're only two games behind Chicago right now. And the Hawks have won their last two, and Dallas has lost their last two. So they're going the wrong direction. Um, so the big – the Hawks, if they can pull five or six points against Nashville this weekend, I think they've got a fighter's chance – they're four points back with a game in hand. But at the end of the day, I think Blackhawks fans need to be patient and, again, contextualize everything that they've done this year and tip their cap and you know stick-tap Stan Bowman in his first season post-John McDonough at really playing his cards well. I think the Blackhawks were a huge winner at the trade deadline to add the package of draft picks that they did and some really intriguing young names. So whether or not it's playoffs or not, Chicago's been more interesting this year than many thought they would be uh, and certainly Stan Bowman has move, maneuvered uh, around the cap space that he was given with some unfortunate injuries and a, an early retirement for Brent Seabrook to make a few moves that I think are going to benefit the organization big time in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely man. They're they're definitely in, in great shape and 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 you know, we've talked about it all season long. They've been entertaining. Uh, they've been fun to watch, and you know, look, we've got a good couple of weeks here, and those games against Nashville will be fun, and, and we'll see what happens. You know, touching back on, on Dallas there, and me and you off air touched about uh, touched on about um, Radeloff and Bishop. Uh, they've been they're now officially done for the season. You know, you just sit back. I mean, these guys, that heartbreaking Stanley Cup final loss, obviously to the Bolts, and it just seems from there, like you know, with COVID protocols, they just have. I mean, it's just been a. A really tough season in Dallas. You know, we, we talk about you know Buffalo, uh, the Rangers themselves had a weird season, but they're you know, you know, not not in terms of you know bad and so on and so forth in that aspect. But talk about the stars here a little bit. It's just what what, what can this what can this organization organization do? They're not. It doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. It'd be surprising if they do. But um, where where are they at, Tab, in terms of keeping this group together for for next year?
4: Well, I think. That that's a huge question for them, looking ahead to next year. Because if we're totally honest, they did not bring back the same group that went to the Stanley Cup Final. I mean, look, Pavelski is not getting younger; he's thirty six. Jamie Ben is on the wrong side of thirty. I, their blue lines in great shape, and I think, you know, when you think about Lindell and Klingberg and Alexiak and adding Sammy Votnin, off waivers, great addition to their back end. I think their blue line's still in good shape. Kudobin's been underwhelming, Jake Ottinger's been nice, but I think everybody kind of underestimated like how much apparently Tyler Sagan meant to them up front. And the other big issue that they have with uh, with Sagan being out and then having Rajiloff banged up, Bishop being. And really a non-factor, and with those two guys being done for the year, you're looking at a team that's really financially top-heavy, and they've got some big-time decisions coming. Alexiak and Votnin are both unrestricted free agents on the back end. Uh, Andrew Cogliano is going to be unrestricted. Blake Como, who I think has been a really nice player for them, he's unrestricted. So they've got some, some really tough decisions, but they have almost – $20 million in cap space locked up between Ben and Sagan. And, you know, that, that's a hefty chunk of change. And Sagan is signed long-term. Ben is signed long-term. So now you're looking at being 15 months away. Klingberg is going to be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 22. And his cap, it's only four and a quarter. So it just keeps getting worse,
1: Tab. just keeps getting worse.
4: So, I mean, they went all in, uh, and I think they they got lucky uh, and really took advantage of the bubble last year. But they had a good group of guys, and you've got to have a good group of guys to get lucky. Um, But it's coming to roost right now, and the injuries have hit them hard. They haven't been able to be consistent. And, look, let's not discount that their season started – in some of the worst circumstances possible. They had a massive COVID problem in in the room, which led to them getting off to a slow start and a delayed start. And then they had the, the weather problems that cost them games as well. And now they're just, if you're not healthy and don't have enough of your best bodies available in the first place, it's really hard to have a condensed schedule like they're fighting the rest of the way. So, you know, whether, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, Seattle could do them a favor. If Seattle were to take Pavelski out of there and his $7 million cap it, I think he'd be a big loss in the room. But I think Dallas would probably, thankfully, you know, shake hands and watch the $7 million get freed up. But it's just, it, just a comedy of errors this year and not in a laughing sense. So it, it's been really hard to watch that team just – Win one, lose two, win one, lose one. It seems like they've been three and three, five and one, or four and six in every 10 game stretch this entire season. And that's how you end up on the outside of the playoffs looking in. But we need to see, we need them to have some confidence that Tyler Sagan's going to be back at, at 100% go next year and then build around him and Ben because that's what they've done financially. Yeah. They have loaded up on those two guys and 25% of their payroll really for next year if the cap stays flat is going to be just about those two guys. So, how they build around Lindell and Klingberg on the back end and those two guys up front is going to be a trick. I do not want I would not want to be that front office trying to figure out what to make of the pieces that they've got, what it's actually worth and what they want to keep and move on from in the off season.
1: Yeah, now uh weird road ahead for the Dallas Stars. Long way from the Stanley Cup Finals there. Uh, in the summer, uh, looks like Columbus has basically parachuted out a playoff race here. Uh, I saw Yarmo talking the other day uh, as far as the future. It Looks like Torts, you know, he's got some confidence there. I mean, would you be surprised if Torts is fired? I mean, I don't. I didn't get the vibe from uh, Yarmo's press conference the other day that that was going to happen. And uh, last thing before I let you go is just looking at Tampa Bay and, and Florida tonight. Uh, Cooper and Quenville going at it and. You know, these top three teams here, along with Brindamore and the, and the Canes, um, I mean, it's just – it's something else. It's it's going to be a lot of fun just watching those top three teams kind of play each other and, and, and kind of mix things up with the bottom here part of the division. But a uh, quick take on, on – you on think Tort survives this and, um, you know, this game tonight here, obviously, between Cooper and, and Quenville and, and what the job those two guys have been doing this year.
4: Yeah, I mean, with, with Torch – I, th- I think, and we've we've joked about it throughout the year, we've pumped his tires a little bit and, you know, blown smoke a little bit, but I, Torts is a winner, but he's old school, and I think that the question that he needs to ask himself and then needs to have a very seriously self-aware conversation with the front office in Columbus is, with the young team that you've put in place here, am I the guy to lead it? Uh, you know, I think his comments after they traded their captain to Toronto were very self-aware talking about how he sat Felino down and said, I don't think you've got what it takes to be a captain and how Felino basically proved him wrong. And I fully expect fellino they have not and will not assign the C to someone the rest of the season because I fully expect Felino to be wearing the C in Columbus again next year. Really, I think that, I think this is a rental for Toronto. I think he goes back to Columbus and takes over as their captain and makes a cup run in Toronto. I really believe that.
1: I am writing this down. Molino, come back. Write
4: it. Write it in pen. There's a. There's a. I got about an 80-20 on that right now. <laughs> um, but, Love it. but, 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 but you've got to have the right type of people in the room, and I don't know that a team that is going to build around Patrick Laine is going to jive with the way that Torts does business. Now, I don't think that means the end of Torts' coaching career. I think that there are other teams that could benefit from his style. Uh, I love love what Granado's doing up in Buffalo. I think that they keep him long-term, but we've joked about seeing what Torts could do up there. Um, I do think that there are other teams that he would work with, and I think... I mean, hell, at this point, I think Torts and Philly would be a marriage made in heaven for those of us watching from the outside of Philadelphia. But he's got to have a conversation with that front office about if his style jives with the type of players that they want to build with. Um, Because just the, the inconsistent play from line A since he got there. I mean, the other night he went coast to coast and looked like a hybrid of Genny Malkin and Connor McDavid going coast to coast against the Blackhawks. I thought course, he wanted to skate right out of the building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, no, let's be honest. The Blackhawks <laughs> defense parted like the Red Sea for the young man. And just, you know, someone was screaming at Roger Dorn because the Blackhawks defense offered up some olay bolts. But, um, but no, I, you, you look at the talent and then you look at the inconsistent play. And that's the kind of stuff that'll give poor Torts a stroke. So, um, It'll be interesting to see if he survives there, but if he if they can bring Felino back, I think that would help Torts immensely. Uh, I think Felino comes back whether Torts is there or not. Uh, jump into Florida, Tampa. Look, Quinville and Cooper have proven over the past, you know, multiple decades for Quinville, the past decade for Cooper, that they've got what it takes to win big games. Tampa's in a little bit of a slide right now. Um, the doors, you know, Florida went through a little bit of a, a rough patch after the Eckblad injury, but they've bounced back. They're 7-3-0 in their last 10. Um, and But they've got two games. Carolina's ahead of them regarding uh, two games in hand at 58 points, but Carolina, Tampa, and Florida all have 58 points right now. Florida 43 games played, Tampa 42, Carolina 41. Um, so it's wide open right now. And if Florida wants to win the division, these games with Tampa are going to mean a ton, uh, and so Quinville knows that. He knows how to get them ready to go. I think injecting Sam Bennett into that lineup is going to help them immensely. I think you'll see uh, renewed energy from Sam Bennett. He's a guy that you know we talked about with Vrana and Mantha. There were times that maybe they underwhelmed the hype. I think that would be true of Sam Bennett in Calgary as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But this is an opportunity for him to go play with, you know, he was playing with some Jeep Grand Cherokees up in, Calgary. Now he gets to skate with some Ferraris in Florida. So we'll see how that benefits his game. But it's going to be fun down the stretch. you got three really good teams. You know, the only thing that I would say, Carolina's got some health concerns with Tavo Teravine, and that's a big, big issue for them if he's going to miss any extended time. But, uh, but those three teams are definitely going to go at it. And obviously, I think all three of them have their eyes on the one seed to avoid playing one of the others in the first round because that, that'll that be an old-school beat-up fest for the 2-3 in, in the in the Central. So uh, it'll be fun to watch. But, yeah, Cooper and uh, Quinville, I think, are on that short list when you talk about if you want one coach to win you a series, You know, those two guys and probably Barry Trotz would be pretty dang close to being on, on my top three list in some order. <laughs> Excuse me. So it'll be fun to watch two teams that have plenty of skill Get after it, but also keep in mind that at some point we might see Kucherov return for Tampa. Whether or not that's before the playoffs will be interesting. But if he's able to come back, you know, Lord help us, because that team's playing well enough without him, with a plus thirty-five goal differential right now. That they certainly don't need any more offense, but bringing him back would help a ton. So, fun times ahead. We got a couple. You know, what about a month left? A little little less than a month left in the regular season, and. You've got a fourth-place spot in this, really every division. I think the four spots uh, up for grabs. I think Boston probably feels the most comfortable in the East because the Rangers are four points back, and Boston's got two games in hand. But we'll see if Taylor Hall has the boat anchor effect on Boston that he's had <laughs> most of the other places that he's been. Um, but you've got a lot of conversation around four seeds, and then – a lot of divisions that the the one seed's going to be intriguing as well. So, fun times in the NHL, good conversations to come and a lot of great hockey to watch.
1: Yeah, man, I mean just looking at 1 through 13, 1 through 12 here with the Oilers, I mean Minnesota, Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, Florida, Islanders, Tampa Bay, Carolina, the Leafs, Caps, Vegas and Rotto, All stacked teams with talent, all excellent head coaches. It's going to be unbelievable this playoffs. There's no doubt about it. We all win as fans and uh yeah. I
4: mean, before the season I picked I went on the record picking Colorado to win the Stanley Cup and they went through a stretch in the middle of the season where they were really banged up and they survived it. And now they are just rolling people. You know, they've won their last 4, they're 9-1-0 in their last 10. They've got a plus 53 goal differential in 43 games. So they're just bludgeoning people. And then they add a guy like Soderberg at the deadline who, you know, bringing an inexperienced fourth-line center that can win 52%, 54% of his face-offs, yep. kill penalties. I mean, it, they, they were able to, to make moves from a luxury perspective that other teams couldn't. And they're absolutely rolling right now, and they're healthy. And I think the fact that they were banged up, some of their key players... You know, don't have as much mileage on their tires as some of the other superstars in the game that have played in every game. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, again, Vegas, Colorado is going to be a blast to watch. Uh, you know, if you can get an Islanders cap series, that'll be a, a barn burner. If the Islanders can get through, you know, an improved Pittsburgh team, you talked about Jeff Carter. So it'll be fun. And I think that this divisional alignment experiment for this year lends itself to some really fun interesting series and then the final four is just going to be haymakers (laughs) uh it's going to be it it, this this will be a a really unique playoff situation for the nhl but whichever four teams win their respective divisions they're going to have to earn it
1: yeah no doubt about it we'll be here for it can't wait for it so buckle up get yourself a cigar nice uh Nice drink there, and we'll be ready for you. Right here at THS with Tab Bamford. Tab, thanks as always, brother. Great stuff. Have a super weekend. We'll catch up with you next week, man. Thanks so much.
4: Enjoyed it. We'll talk again soon. All right.
1: Tab Bamford, ladies and gentlemen, with the great city of Chicago. Some Hawks in that tough Central Division.
0: All right. THS rolls on. All right, it's time to head up to the great city of Montreal, up in the beautiful country of Canada, with Mr. Costa Papulis. Costa, what's going on, brother? Welcome back to THS.
1: Thanks, brother. It's good to be back. Well, I don't know, man. You really want to talk about these Montreal Canadians of yours? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll take a penalty, and then I won't have to talk about it, because it's Taking a penalty is about as
5: good as not taking anything and the Habs not being able to score even on five on five. It's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) You want to talk about something else? You want to talk about the traffic Uh, in Montreal?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Talk about traffic. Talk about the weather. It's raining. It's just as good as the Habs are playing. I mean, all things good around here, man.
3: I'm telling you.
1: (laughs) All right, man. Um, Well, let's look at this squad here. Um, You know, a couple of losses there against the Jets since we last spoke, and you guys beat Toronto there, and then you lose to the Flames last night, four one. What's up with that, man? Come on! Uh, look, I, it's never a bad week when the Canadians beat
5: the Leafs. It's just you know you watch this team, and like I, I just can't, I can't get my put my finger on it. You, you look at uh, what they're doing on the ice. Uh, there's they're taking shots on goal from every angle, and they're trying to get their analytics up and their numbers up, and that's fine and dandy. But I, I've been saying this for years and I'll keep saying it. Any guy who follows analytics and gives me Corsi and Fenwick and whatever other garbage they want to give me, I could tell them where to go. There's nothing that measures a team's success than shots from inside the house and quality scoring chances. Simple as that. You can't give me this coursey garbage. It's a goaltending stat. It's not an offensive stat. Take it, throw it out, do whatever you want with it. At the end of the day, if you're not getting shots from between the dots, and you're not driving the net, not getting traffic, hockey 101, you're not winning hockey games. And the Montreal Canadiens right now have based everything offensively off of these two stupid analytics and I want to go behind the bench and I want to grab the coaching staff, shake them and beat them if they have to, to make sure they understand that's not how you coach at the professional level, period. I, I dare anybody in this world to challenge me on those those analytics and what they mean as far as wins and losses are concerned. Anybody. I don't care who you are. You could be an NHL coach. You could be, uh, I forget, what was that guy's name in Phoenix? Shika, who like lost it a year and decided to take off because he was too young. Or (laughs) Kyle Dubas, who uses analytics. I don't care who you are. They don't work. There are other ingredients that are involved with hockey that aren't measurable. And if you don't have those quantities on your team, you do not win. End of discussion. And that's what's happening with Montreal right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it sounds like it. I feel you, brother, and I'm just kind of curious, too. I mean, you know, we've obviously had to talk about Deshaun here and taking this team over and, you know, the difference between him and, and Claude Julian and I guess, you know, with everything you just said there, where does Deshaun fit under there? And, and, and I guess we, ha- I have to ask you, week to week here, as far as the games are concerned and, and, and where they stand right now, I mean, are you seeing anything different or more, or you know, as far as, you know, him being a coach of this team, do you think he sticks here or what, what's your take?
5: Look, he started off okay and things were fine. The power play started firing a little bit better. So everybody was like, mm, maybe. My problem is that there's no consistency one way or the other, right? It's either they lose a few games and win one or they just continue losing. And right now, what Dusharm is doing is he's, go- he's going to the well and doesn't have enough uh, NHL experience to go to the well and what I mean by that is that he's depending on guys that he did one guy in particular that he depended on in junior and that's Jonathan Drouin. He's depending on him to produce offense. And I'm sorry, Jonathan Drouin is nothing more than a glorified AHL player. He's a crybaby. He's a guy who lacks character, which you and I talked about when we were talking about the Leafs, he has no character whatsoever. Okay. And you know, he's not producing offensively. He still makes plays that junior players don't make anymore that used to work for him when he was, he was with Halifax. They don't work at the NHL level and he hasn't adopted. And therein lies the problem. He had a half a season of success in, in Tampa Bay playing the left wing on the power play when Steven Stamkos was out and everybody thought, okay, you know what? He's got potential. And that's why Montreal made the dumb move of trading for him and letting go of a defensive stalwart like Mikhail Sergachev, who's had all kinds of success with Tampa. And now you're stuck with a guy who's marginally offensively talented and not being able to bring anything to the table. So he's put all his eggs in that one Drew Wine basket, and the Canadians are paying the price for it right now, and it's sickening me.
1: I, I can hear it, man. I, I gotta I gotta give me the number for the local florist up there for you. I mean you gotta get a basket of some candies. I gotta make Costa happy here, one way or the other. Or the local, you know, distributor up there, maybe a case of Molson or something for you. Um, yeah, there's
5: a, there's a guy up here that makes some homebrew that's pretty good. I can
1: stick with that. <laughs> All right, some of his digits, man. Um, well, look, you know, it doesn't. You know, we were, maybe I was. I won't say you were, but I was kind of laughing here a little bit. You know, we were joking about the Canadians. Uh, I mean, not the Canadians, the Canucks being out. You know, you know, and they. It looks like they're going to come back and play, but that's still not going to be an issue necessarily for the for the Canadians, except maybe you guys are going to have to play them now. But. um, you know, the Flames, we were kind of, I was laughing off, and now, what, three points back of you now? Winning last night. They've won a couple in a row. They got you this weekend. The Senators are a pain in the ass. You got them coming up, and then you got a couple of big games with Edmonton before you play Calgary again. And me and you have also talked about the travel factor up in the North Division, right? The back and forth, mm-hmm. the games every other night. So now, things actually are going to get a little trickier here for the Canadians. I thought you guys were just going to coast. The Rangers actually have one more point than you guys now. You slipped down a little a little bit. So I'm concerned now, Costa, uh, and it sounds like you are too, and, and that's, pretty, that's this isn't a week's time this has kind of all happened, and I guess the last thing I want to touch on this too is, as far as the trade deadline, uh, not really much happening there. You pick up Marilyn Gust- uh, Gustafson, I think, it was, it was the only moves you made, and i, I get your mm-hmm. take on, on what Montreal did or didn't do, but um, so a little kind of concern now with where you guys are at, with the Flames putting the heat on no pun intended, and talk about the trade deadline.
5: Well, you, you everybody was talking about this month being critical for Montreal, and the one thing they couldn't afford to have happen happened, and that's their heart and Brendan Gallagher got injured and carry Price is out. And nobody knows how long that's going to be. They're talking day to day. I doubt that very much because he hasn't been back in five days. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. But at the end of the day, though, I mean, those two guys are gone and Montreal can't handle it. They're, they have no answer. I mean, Jake Allen is doing what he can. He's keeping the goals against low, which is what you expect from him. But then you look at the rest of the lineup. Shea Weber is not playing Shea Weber-type hockey. And it doesn't matter who the partner is next to him. He's making critical mistakes in the defensive zone that are costing the Canadians goals. He did it just the, the last night against Calgary, you know, where he gave up the puck along the half wall into the slot area. And, you know, Calgary just waltzed in and scored. There was nothing they could do. You know, when that, the puck's on the half wall, and both your defensemen are on the half wall, rule of thumb, keep the puck on the half wall. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. But that's not what happened. He tried to feed it into the middle, had no strength behind his pass, boom, it's in the back of the net. That made it, that made it a, a, a 2 nothing game at that point. It was over at that point. Canadians tried to open it up, Calgary ate them up. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you look at the Habs, and the, once you get Gallagher out and once you get Price out, what do you have? Yeah. You know, there's nothing really there. There's no substance. I mean, sure, you've got, you know, Kakanyemi, who's playing really well. That's great. You know, he's a young kid. Nick Suzuki's hot and cold right now, but at the end of the day, it's a second year. You're not expecting too much from him. Whatever he can contribute is great. You know, they decided to put Yoel Armia back into the lineup now that he's healthy. And I'm sorry, he brings nothing to the table other than being able to play a little bit of defensive hockey and having good hands along, you know, when he's in tight spaces. You know, Thomas Tatar hasn't been able to score at the same clip he did last year. Phil Denoe is still struggling. I mean, there's just no consistency there. They need that consistency up front. And what they need to do is stop playing this stupid half-wall game where they're playing outside the dots, play between the dots, attack the net, get traffic in front of opposing goaltenders, and the minute your defensemen decide to wind up and shoot, please, don't get out of the way. Stay there. Screen the damn goaltender because any goalie now in the National Hockey League, he sees the puck, he stops it. It's as simple as that. And they're not doing those fundamental things that make teams like the Ottawa Senators successful. Ottawa's great at fundamentals, and that's why they're such a big pain in the ass. They're they're good at it, right? When you look at you know you look at Edmonton, sure they they've got all kinds of firepower, but they have guys that they park in front of the net to, to create to create havoc. You know whether it's Cassian or anybody else, they've got big guys that can wreak havoc in front of the net, right? Even even Drysaddle will park himself there from time to time just to create some traffic. You know, and those fundamentals are necessary to win. The Canadians just aren't doing. They're trying to play a perimeter game, thinking that they are faster than a lot of the teams in the Canadian division. And right now, I hate to say it, they're not. There's at least three teams that are much faster than they are, and they're called Edmonton, uh, Winnipeg, and Toronto.
1: <laughs> no doubt, and I, I'm with you, man. I I hate that perimeter game. The Rangers play yeah. that. The Rangers play that sometimes too, and it's just. I'm with you, man. I'm like you know, banging my head against the wall. Cause I'm 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 old school like you and I'm I agree with you too with the you, all that stuff. It's just give me old time hockey, run it through the middle, mix it up, get the goal, garbage goal, whatever you got to do, you know. And 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 I like that style. So the question is, do, do they have the personnel, the Canadians, to play that type of system? Is 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 that the issue? And if they don't make the playoffs this year, okay, what is that going to do? To this organization, this fan base, as far as going forward and, and, and anything that they may have accomplished, you know, one way or the other in terms of, you know, the, the shift from Julian to Ducharme. You said it went well for a while. You know, how does this work in, in Montreal if they don't make the playoffs? And again, I'll ask you, does, does Marilyn uh, Gustafson help these guys out at all?
5: I don't think he does. I think when when I looked at the trade for at the trades from Merrill and Gustafson, first of all, I thought it was a mistake to let Victor Mete go on waivers. That's number one. He's young, he's small, whatever the case may be. But he, he brings an offensive side to the game that Montreal needs from the back end. You know, you've got aging defensemen like like a Shea Weber, right, who isn't able to bring that you know offensive style of game. You know, he's a much more stay-at-home type of guy now as opposed to what he was when he was younger. <laughs> So you need somebody that's able to move right now. He's playing with Romanov and I think that pairing is pretty good. I think Mete could have brought some to the table as well. They've played together in the past, but you know, they gave up on Mete now after three seasons done and buried. It's fine. We move on. I don't see what Maryland Gustafson bring to the table. I honestly don't, you know, you've got, you know, you know, you've got flurry down in the minors in Laval who you could bring up and give him a taste of some NHL because like, he's shown, an aptitude to play well at this level, but they didn't do that. This is a desperate attempt by a desperate general manager to hold on to his job. That's the way I'm looking at it, because I think if the Canadians do not make the playoffs, Jeff Molson's calling Wiley Coyote for a case of Acme TNT and blowing the whole damn thing up.
1: Yeah, uh, I that, I agree with you, man. I I would say that's probably the the way to go, man. It's 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 unfortunate. It's frustrating. It's been eight years, Yeah, Paul. It's been eight years. You know
5: as well as I do. You've heard me bitch about it when I was doing Montreal Hockey Talk. You've heard me talk about it on this show. I get frustrated when there's no consistency to a hockey team. There there just has to be some. It doesn't matter if it's defensive or offensive. I don't care. There has to be some consistency. There has to be an identity. If you can tell me or if anybody can tell me what brand of hockey the Montreal Canadiens bring to the table consistently every night, I'll take him out to dinner.
4: <laughs> um,
5: you can't because yeah. from one link to the Nets, it's a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're different.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, you know, we were talking about in the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure I asked you. I said, so what is the identity of the Habs? You know, cause we, you know, I was talking about the, the history of this franchise, you know, the success over the years. And, you know, since the, uh, you know the uh, the Eastern Division finals there, the, you know against the Rangers and Tampa Bay and all that other stuff that they've they've been through. And there was an identity, there was a, just a flair, and a, that, that seems to have been lost in Montreal. They're not the intimidating Montreal Canadiens of lore, you know. And it, it's it's frustrating to see this. You know, I mean, just you, the Habs have to be a great team, man. Costa, to get in
5: there and fix it. They don't even have to be great, Paul. They don't have to be great. They have to be consistent you know they have to bring something to the table that's going to make people believe because that at the end of the day that's all it is right if you look at any market it, people in toronto believe that the you know the leafs are going to win the cup no they wish they could but they don't believe they can right now because they're not ready yet the same holds true for edmonton the team's not ready yet but they're moving in the right direction ottawa's rebuilding you can see that ottawa's got that defensive identity where they take care of their own end and they draw offense off that defensive game Vancouver's another one of those teams like Montreal. No identity whatsoever. You don't know if they're coming or going. You know, the Jets, Paul Maurice has always had the same type of gritty type style team. It didn't matter where he coached, whether it was with Hartford, Toronto, Carolina, or now with Winnipeg. It's always been that same, you know, meat and potatoes type of hockey with a little bit of skill mixed in here and there. So you know what you're getting from a Paul Maurice coach team. There's a level of consistency there. You know what to expect. You know, whether you're a player or whether you're the opponent, the, the the onus falls then on the coach to be able to adapt his style of play to whoever the opponent is, and Maurice does a great job of that. You know, the same holds true for Sheldon Keefe. He does a great job of taking his best components and being competitive every night.
3: Yeah. No, but when I... you
5: look at Montreal and you look at Dom Ducharme and the hand that he's been played, mm-hmm. you
1: can't. I get it, man. No, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I hope they can find it, man. I really do, because as much as and me and you have known each other for years and tortured each mm-hmm. other on Twitter and everything, and that's the thing that I remember right back in the uh, the mid, to, you know, two thousand twelve, fourteen, fifteen. Me, me and you, I mean, that's when the Habs and the Rangers were, you know, making the playoffs and conference finals, and you know, it was yeah, just it was
5: Chris Kreider smashing into Carey Price yeah, and the entire you know. Montreal world going crazy. Yeah. good old days, man. Good old days. <laughs> that's it. That's it, but you don't see that, right? And, yeah, and, and I know. you know what? Kreider plays that type of game, right? That's why people love Kreider, because mm-hmm. of the fact that it gets in the goalie's face. You know, he causes a stink. I mean, look how much, despite the fact he was a little bit of a pain in the ass, look at how much the Rangers fans loved a guy like Sean Avery. Despite yep. oh, the fact yeah. that he was a complete, you know what? Mm-hmm. When the man was on the ice and he was annoying as hell, he was a productive player for whatever team he played for. I mean when you when you can piss off Marty Bourdeau that bad you got to be good at something. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need that type of that type of character on your team. There are teams that have it, you know. Montreal is just one that doesn't have that character right now. They've got one guy that's got it and he's going to be out till the end of the season. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, well hopefully you guys can figure this out for the next year or two because you know, Rangers are turning things around um you know just that and and the rest of this division here too and and obviously some things are going to change with things going back and you guys are going to have Tampa and Buffalo and and Florida back in your division here again and uh you know the Sens are getting better and, and so on and so forth and you won't have to see Calgary and Vancouver and Edmonton uh and Winnipeg but um you know, hopefully the guys uh, up in Montreal get things figured out. So, look, before I let you go, uh, Costa, just real quick, your take on, on some of the trades that were made here. Obviously, Toronto going pretty big here and getting Felino And me and you talked about, you know, I, I had asked you, I said, what what are the Leafs going to need here to, to get over that hump or, you know, even get past the first-round playoff? And you said they need heart, they need character. And I think is one of those guys. I mean, we had hit each other up on, on uh, Twitter about it. So just give me your, your quick take there. And, and I know you guys, like I said, one good spot this week week, You did stop Campbell's uh, 11 game win streak and you did beat the Leafs. But, um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, the Leafs, that trade, and, and any other thing you want to talk about as far as the rest of the division.
5: As far as the Leafs are concerned, I think Kyle Dubas did what he had to do. He had one thing to get done, and that was to find a little bit more character up front, and he did that in getting Felino. You kill for the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, you take him out of there. He's got a history, and his family has a history playing with the Leafs. His dad played with the Leafs for years, you know. Uh, mikey and you know people love mike felino in toronto and they're gonna and nick plays that same type of game you know so he's gonna fit right in with the Leafs and you know the sky's the limit for them now they've got skill they've got grit they've got character those are the three components you need to be a successful hockey team toronto's got it they've got Campbell playing above and beyond what anybody could possibly expect in the absence of anderson and their defense is actually playing a very solid game so look out because the leafs are getting to that point that I talked about, which is they know who they are, they know what they need to do to win, now they all they have to do is execute, and the Canadian division is theirs.
1: Yep, stay healthy and, and far away. And I'm, I know that hurts to, for you to say that.
5: <laughs> the truth is what it is, man. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, no word of a lie, man, and it might, I may might be saying this because it's Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs are built the way I've wanted Montreal to be built for years. Speed, skill, and character. And it's, you know, good for, for for Dubis figuring it out, you know, with a little bit of help from Lamarillo along the way and Brendan Shanahan, Montreal just have no guidance, you know, and, and, and that's the problem. And, and, you know, it comes down to one guy, and it's not the coaching, it's not the players, all that's been shuffled and spit out and chewed up, it's the GM. He's got to go for this team to see any type of success moving forward. That's my opinion, and that's what
1: I'm going to stick with. That's good, man. I, I like it, man. That's what I love about talking to you, man. You keep it real, and I think have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to write this down.
5: You have to. Right.
1: Town, you have to. <laughs> um, Winnipeg still got a shot, uh, shot though. There, in terms, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean Edmonton too. I mean, it, look, you know, I've been taking saying this with the other guys, Costa too, man. You know, and hopefully the Habs are a part of it. But either way, man. These playoffs are going to be unbelievable when you look across the board as, uh, you know, Colorado, Vegas, and Islanders, and Boston, Washington, and, you know, Toronto, Edmonton here, and it just, it's going to be unbelievable. You know, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, everybody's just playing unbelievable
3: hockey.
5: It's fun to watch, man. I get I get my share of uh, non-Canadian games here, you know, in under my belt here and there, just to stay abreast of everything that's going on. I love what I'm seeing. And, you know... It'd be sad for Montreal not to be in there, but holy hell, it'll be it'll be one hell of a playoff much better than last year's, in my opinion, And last year's, despite the fact that we didn't know what to expect. It turned out pretty well, especially for Tampa. Now, I think this year's going to be a whole different animal. It's going to be anybody's cup to win, whoever makes the playoffs.
1: Right on, brother. We're going to be here for it, man. As always, Kasi, the best. Thanks so much for giving me some time here. Have a great weekend. See you on the Twitter, and we'll catch you next week, brother. You got it, man. All right. Costa Papalias, ladies and gentlemen, from the great city of Montreal. Talking some Habs. they got to fix things up there. And obviously this great North Division that's rolling on, too. And with that said, THS rolls out.
0: Well, all right. It's that time. As we do here every Thursday on THS, it's time to go out to the left coast, the west coast, the best Coast. Well, it all depends
6: on where you are.
0: Either way, we're hanging out with Steve Palumbo from the great state of California. What's up, steve Oh,
6: Paulie, my man, how are you, sir? Great to be with you again. <laughs> from this beautiful, sunny
1: Southern California. <laughs> nice. Things opening up out there, buddy, huh?
6: Yeah, the governor came out and said, uh, by June 15th, we'll be... Uh, he's going to lift all the restrictions. We got... uh games coming up with, that we can actually attend as fans so I'm really looking forward to that and things are starting to uh to open up now I just I just came back from Arizona and I got to tell you it was very eye opening to go to Arizona and then come back to California and see the differences but it's nice that uh <laughs> that California's finally getting getting back to business here
1: and and just maybe give me and and the rest of everybody listening, what what is that kind of um I mean it's isn't it weird man our great country, and like you can like now more than ever, it's like going into different countries if you go into different states now because of different you know um, you know mandates for you know social distancing and uh, COVID protocols it, and all that other stuff. So give us a little taste of what's going on in Arizona. Uh, well, I mean, when we right when we Are they running we got through the, the, the
0: streets naked, Steve. That's
3: what I want to <laughs> know. <laughs>
6: No, but they're walking in and out of stores without masks and people are talking to each other and you could see people's faces and I don't know, it was it was it was very different than what you're used to here. Right when we got across the border we stopped to get gas and like I it just you, you just see people walking in and they're not you know, some people are wearing masks, some are not. If you go in without one they don't say anything to you and it's uh you know, it was it it was different. I mean it was here it I mean that's obviously a no go, but uh man and I know in Texas it's even more that it's even more free because my in-laws live there and they've given us the the uh, you know they they have even less restrictions there. So it's it, I don't know, man. Like you said, you go to a different state, it's like going to a new country. It's it's I'm it's my my mind is blown. It was just so weird.
1: Well, hopefully, as the days go on and, and we get into the summer and, and the fall, hopefully uh, we will all be one country again and and being able to move freely and everything else. But we still got to be careful. With some, some weird variants going on out there, so keep it safe yes. no matter where you are in the great Absolutely. land of the USA. All right, so a couple things that are different. Uh, let's start in Jersey, okay? So you, you know, a couple mm-hmm. guys have moved here in the trade deadline, and um, you know things are uh, a little different here as far. But you know, as far as our conversations here and watching this team, you know, basically the direction is is the future and Lindy and. Um, you know, the whole crew here and kind of getting together. And that you can, at least as a fan base, we've been able to to talk about, hey, look, they've made this decision kind of like what the Rangers did, you know, three years ago themselves. It's a rebuild. It's yep. a reconstruction. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, me and you, our friendship here as far as the next, you know, a couple of nights go, obviously didn't go well. Rangers won 3 nothing <laughs> the other night. Chesty gets his first shutout. I, I didn't rub it in your face the other night because I know we got three nope. more games to go. But um, it, it was on my
6: fr- birthday too. Oh, re- oh happy so. birthday,
1: buddy. Yeah,
6: I'm oh, sorry. You. My my devils like to lose on my birthday. So wow,
1: well, that, that ain't right. That ain't right. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's just too bad for you. I guess you know. <laughs>
6: it's all right. I still love
1: concert. you, buddy. <laughs>
6: So, uh, all right. So, let's jump uh, in there. Sure. Let's
1: talk about um, the, the the final trades at Kulikov. Uh, the last couple of things that were done yeah. here before the end of the uh, the trade deadline. We talked about Palmieri and Zajac, obviously, last week, and 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 they're trying to settle in. The Rangers went in there, and kind of, you know, mess with the armor there as far as the Islanders are concerned. But I'm sure Trotz is going to adjust those guys, and those guys will be fine going forward. Huge game tonight for them, uh, as far as the is concerned. And uh, so, let's talk about the Devils here, and 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 you know, we'll have a little fun here with this series going on.
6: You know. <laughs> I, I, I like the moves and, you know, getting Kulkov. Kulkov was arguably one of the devil's most solid defensive uh, defensemen this year. He, it was probably one of his best seasons in a long time. So they were able to turn that into an asset and uh, you know, that was good. They were able to pick up Joga, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, which is a nice young defenseman who uh, kind of inserted right into the group there. And I thought that was a good move. And, you know, Fitz did his thing. He picked up some picks. He, he moved out some expiring contracts and, you know that the team got a little younger, and um, you just same thing. They're just setting up for the future. I you know I saw a number today that's that showed that the Devils' average core uh, of their the average age of their forward group is twenty two point four years. I mean that is younger than some uh, junior teams so, or or minor wow. league teams. Um, so you know we're we're heading in the right direction. That the team is entertaining. You know they. They did lose to the Rangers, but that you know they're still hanging in there. They're still putting up a good fight. They're making the other teams work for it. And we're getting to see a lot more names come in. And, uh, you know, we got Marian Studenich got in the other night his first NHL experience. And you're going to see, like we've talked about, those guys coming in and out of the lineup. Uh, we've got some injuries now, so we'll see some more of the young kids in. So um, right now, like we've talked about, it's all about the future and just the growth. Uh, you know, the, the exciting thing is that, Alexander Col- Holtz's season uh, over, uh, overseas has ended and the Devils went right to work. Uh, uh, Fitz confirming that they're trying to get him over here as quick as possible. He'll see a couple games in Binghamton before he makes his way um, to, the, to the big club. And the one thing the Devils don't have is a good scoring, young scoring winger. And that's exactly what Holtz is uh, projected to be. So that is super exciting. Can't wait to see him in the uh, red and black of the New Jersey Devils.
1: Yeah, man, these are good vibes I'm hearing from you, man, and this is good stuff. And we, we've we talked about how great, um, you know, New York hockey is going to be here. And, 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 you know, from a Rangers fan pr- uh, perspective, you know, seeing the Rangers do this, you know, and it's exciting. It's been fun watching these guys grow, fun watching all the different picks come into play here. Um, you know the Rangers actually have some good problems to have going into next season. You know, with the with the draft and, and the, their defensive prospects. You know, Zach Jones coming in here now too, and you know they, they still need like a, a good you know uh, center up the middle too. Um, so you know we the Rangers are in a situation where they're going to be probably you know turning these thing turning these guys over these prospects over here, um, to coincide with everything that they've kind of built. And, you know, all these young kids and, and, you know, all these great, these good names that are coming in here to Jersey. And, and you know, it's great to hear you You seem really happy with Fitz and, and what he's doing. And that's great here for management. Definitely. So you, you look at J.D. and Gorton here in New York. You look at Trotz here and, and um, uh, Lamarillo here on the island. And now, you know, Lindy here settling in and, and obviously Fitz, you know, making some good smart hockey moves for the organization. And it's uh, it's all good stuff, man.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm really, really pleased with the the group that they of management that they've got in New Jersey right now. You know, we couldn't say that over the last few years. It was kind of you know touch and go for a little while, but I feel like they've really settled in. I really love that Fitz. They were able to you know, uh, Fitz was able to step in for Shiro, and then the Devils were able to hold on to him. I really like the way that he's constructing this team. I like the moves that he makes. He doesn't doesn't rush into things and he tries to get the best return you know that we saw that with the zajac palmeri trade he really wanted to get a first and uh you know i do think there was a little bit of lou Lamarilla helping out his old team in that as well but you know what if fitz can use that to his advantage i uh you know kudos to him i i, I can't I, I just really like what he's doing and i think this summer is going to be huge for him the Devils have a billion dollars in cap space going into the summer so uh <laughs> Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but they have a ton of money, and it'll be interesting to see. He's he's used the term weaponized quite a few times, so I, I'd like to see what kind of weapons he has and and what kind of team we're going to ice next season.
1: Oh, look at you, now, Don't get cocky yet, there, Steve. All right. Well, we're looking for
6: competitive here. You know, we don't <laughs> want to finish 15 games under 500 again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, you know, look, it's it's going to be a look when everything realigns next year and the divisions get back to normal. I mean, obviously, it's still going to be tough here in the metro and stuff, but uh, it'll be good. You know, speaking of Tom Fitzgerald here, I mean, it's kind of a trip in terms of his uh, his playing career, multiple teams, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, obviously, win a cup of Pittsburgh as a player, director there, and stuff. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. kind of, you know, it, you, you, I guess what I'm trying to say, is one of the guys you wouldn't, you, you just don't see that kind of a guy coming to New Jersey. And um, yeah. because you you mentioned Shiro, right? And you you, you know you mm-hmm. mentioned Lamarel here and stuff. And it's 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 a breath of fresh air to also see that that a guy like this can come in here and um and and really take uh, good hands on this on this franchise right now. So it's 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 again I can't. Here I am. I'm glowing about the Devils. It's terrible, but you know what? I'm setting you up because I want us to kick your ass all week. Yeah. Well, you probably will, but I hope we squeak out a, a win or two here. That would be nice. You know,
6: there was a funny poll that went up. You know what would you rather see the Devils do? Go like three zero and one in the next four, and then two and nine to finish the season, or would you rather them go oh three and one, and then nine and five? And you know, most of the people were were, were just we took the three zero and one against yeah. the Rangers. <laughs> but uh, you know, it it doesn't really matter. You know, we hate the Rangers, um, but the Rangers are a good, young, up and coming team, and and that's I, I, as much as this hurts me to say. That's where the Devils want to be. You want to be where the Rangers are now. You know, they, like you said three years ago, they came out with that, you know, memo to the fans, and they, they just kind of turned things around. They built with from it. You know, the Rangers were known as a team that bought all their players, kind of like the Yankees do, and, you know, the, that cup team it was just bringing whoever you could bring in. Now they just kind of – they built a good, solid core. They've got the vets mixed with the kids, and that's what you want to see with the Devils. So, unfortunately, we're, we're looking to model ourselves after them over the next couple seasons as much as it might pain – New Jersey faithful to hear that but that's the model we want to follow
1: yeah I think it's about time me and you move over to the West Division because this is getting a little sickening Rangers fans <laughs> and Devils fans you know and- yeah, yeah I gotta <laughs> yeah. wash my mouth out yeah I'm, I'm feeling a little queasy myself <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, let's, let's move out to the Great West Division here. I always love talking to you about this division, and it's just it's way too much fun. Uh, Colorado, uh, number one in power rankings with uh, NHL and Dan Rosen this week. Uh, just a super talented team. Um, you know, look at some of the moves here that were made here at the deadline as far as this division. Um, you know, Colorado probably did the best. You know, um, mm-hmm. Vegas makes a yeah. small move here too. Minnesota's still doing well. I mean, we and you look who's back in the fourth spot in the division wow. for the playoffs, and that's the Saint
6: Louis Blues. Oh, look wow. at that.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> so, uh jump in there, man. What's your take right now?
6: Well, as far as the moves that the top teams did, they were basically depth moves. You know, you bring in a, a depth goaltender, a depth defenseman, a depth forward and I think when you look at a team like Colorado and you look at a team like Vegas, they have the star power, they have the skill and they really just need to fill in some pieces for that long Stanley cup run, because you need those types of players to be successful in the playoffs. And uh, that's what good cup teams do. So I think they did what they needed to. And and we saw Dubnik come in and get the win for uh, the avalanche and the avalanche. the, The goaltending is, is an issue that they've had in the past. So they did something to solidify that. So good on them. And, and I just think those two teams are, are primed and poised to make a long run. Uh, you look at the rest of the division and, uh, you know, you, you saw some te- teams selling, some teams holding off from selling, some teams trying to add a couple pieces here, St. Louis. Um, you know, will they trade Mike my, my Hoffman? Will they, will they not trade him? And, you know, all of a sudden, here they are putting some games together. And now they're the team back in the fourth position. We were raving about you know the Coyotes last week. Then they go and they they. You know, wet the bed, and then you've got the Ducks playing the ultimate spoiler role here, um, keeping San, holding San Jose at bay. They've outscored San Jose thirteen to one in the last three games that they What's played. What's going them, on? Which is, I mean, that's ridiculous. The Ducks couldn't buy a goal uh, all season, and now here they are beating the the heck out of the San, San Jose and really, really hurting their playoff chances right now. They're obviously they're still in it, a couple points behind um, St. Louis, but man, those six points that they lost to the Ducks are going to come back to haunt them because. If they miss by, you know, two or two points or so that that you, this is it. This this stretch where they got annihilated by the Ducks is going to be what we look at here. So, wow. I mean, crazy. And and St. Louis, give them credit, man. Give them credit. They're, they're <laughs> battling. They're playing hard. They beat the snot out of Minnesota. Um, you know, they, they lost a tough one to, to Colorado, but they, they made it an interesting game. And 34 got, shots on that
1: uh, last night, man. You know, yeah. They and, and Rod, Look, I mean, Grubow is out with the COVID protocol. Look at the timing there, man. Dubnik steps in there Absolutely. last night and, and kind of steals that win for him.
6: Yeah, yeah. And that guy Hoffman gets a couple goals to to kind of get himself going and and give St. Louis a little life. You know, St. Louis has got one coming up against Coyotes who are reeling, and then they got I guess I think three in a row against Colorado. So, man, this is we're we're getting down to some really 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 fun hockey. It's it you just. I guess you can't really count the Blues out, Um, and I'm not going to write off anybody at this point because every time I write somebody off, they come back and and (laughs) prove me wrong. So at this point, I'm leaving it open-ended.
1: Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Ducks are now going to be the anchor of this division, and they're going to weigh down the Sharks and the Kings – and, and right. you know, the Yotes right now, look, they're house money, man. We talked about just anything that those guys can do productively this year. So if they bounce in and out of that fourth uh, spot there. But, man, I think St. Louis is turning the jets on, man. They've just they found the gas. And, yeah. you know, man, uh, you know, they're still like a good nine points behind Minnesota. I don't think they'll challenge for the, you know, the the second and third spots here. But, man, you know, they're You know, as fans here, and I was saying this with the other guys, Stevie, you know, Joe and Tab and Costa, you know, about, you know, how lucky we are, you know, looking across the divisions here and, you know, the top 15 teams here, you know, Mm -hmm. just to get in the these, these playoffs are going to be insane and it's playoff hockey right now. It's probably been playoff hockey for a a month ago. So the trade deadline's done, you know, Mm -hmm. teams you you can see, you know, Columbus kind of punching out, you know, uh, yeah. Dallas is pretty much going to, you know, they're still quietly in there. But, you know, the, you, you, so you can see where the cream is riding to so the top. But, man, yep. all the top teams here, man, are just – whoever comes out of this is just going to be unbelievable. Just banged up. And, but it's super It's stuff.
6: going to be the ultimate war of attrition these playoffs because these teams, have, like you said, they've been playing playoff hockey for so long. There's going to be so much – the first couple of rounds, there's so much familiarity. There's going to be so much hate. the the hits are going to go be flying bodies are going to be banged up when they finally finally get to the final two teams it is going to be last man standing just everything you could possibly want as a hockey fan and man i'm getting the chills just talking about it. i'm so excited for it
1: yeah man i you know we can't lose you know and uh absolutely you know we're just going to keep riding this wave here here at ths and just enjoy this uh through the uh you know, the playoffs here, you know, it's funny, you know, I got, you know, you talking about the West and Tab talking about the Central and Joey talking about the East and Casa obviously talking about up North. And there's a chance now the Devils obviously are out, your team, you know, Sabres are done for Joe. Uh, Hawks are (laughs) hanging on by a thread now. It looks like the Preds are going to square that away. Um, And Montreal now, I was just talking to Costa about it, you know, where the flames are kind of creeping up there, you know, so we're all going to be – Talking division, and obviously, you know, my strangers, they, they could or could not, but it's it, it would have to take probably just a complete meltdown in Boston, and, and and maybe Taylor Hall will be that albatross. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you,
6: you know, I, thought, I was thinking today, speaking of, of Taylor Hall going to Boston, this is probably exactly what he needs to revive his career. It's exactly what um, Boston needs to solidify their depth. They, you know, they've lacked scoring, um, and you know, throughout the lineup. Uh, Hopefully he can come in, not be the guy, uh, just kind of play his game, get some of his confidence back. You know, obviously it it would be at the expense of of your Rangers, but I think Boston, if they can get Hall going and the the things that they've done, they're going to be another team to watch out. You know, they struggled throughout most of the season, but I think you get into the playoffs, they're another team that's going to be super, super dangerous. They got all that experience. So, gosh, anybody could win this year. Really, anybody.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, it looks like Rask is coming back there, too. And, um, right. you know, a couple of guys, that can get healthy on the defense. They've got all the experience, you know, as far as up front and the miles and passing neck and everything. So it's all there for Boston. There's, uh, you know, again, there's 13, 14 games left here in the season. Uh, you know, for us as hockey fans, it's just going to be something to watch. Steve, uh, before I let you go, any any of the other trades that you, you kind of, uh, you know, liked there, whether it was uh, Felino going to Toronto, um, you know, anything else that you, 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 you liked uh, happen across the board for any of the teams, any, anybody who thought maybe really won big as far as uh, uh the trade deadline? Because it wasn't really all that exciting this year, but a couple yeah. of big moves, Carter going to Philly. I mean, geez, those guys are just hanging yeah. on, man. It's unbelievable what's going on. I mean, I'm sorry, Carter going to Pittsburgh.
6: Pittsburgh, philly yeah. still
1: is in a, in a nosedive but uh so just your take here uh on, on some of the other trades that were made
6: uh, i thought i thought toronto did an excellent job i think dubis was was going for it i mean this is probably the closest the canadian team has come to having a team that that can challenge for a stanley cup in quite a while so i think he really went for it um uh, adding some some depth there and some leadership um i like what florida did uh i thought florida you know they got gusev they got uh Bennett, you know, there were a couple of teams that made some, some pretty good moves there. I, I like the fact that the ducks didn't do anything. They didn't sell off a bunch of players. Ryan Getzloff Didn't go to Vegas. Manson's still there. Raquel's still there because I think that team, uh, that would have been, that would have set them back for, for a long time. So, you know, there were, there were teams that really put themselves in a good position to have success in the playoffs. And then there are teams who who kind of held back and and you know kept themselves their foot feet on the ground so that next season they'll be a competitive team. So uh, yeah, it wasn't that exciting, but I think the moves that were made were oh, let me just get, the Washington Detroit trade. Yes, I think good stuff. It was a it was a great trade, but I think it might have been of a little bit of a panic move for for Washington. I like Peter Verona, and uh, you know I, I think what what they're going for the cup, Detroit Steve. Is, they're gonna win it uh, all. This is it. Yeah, but. I I think Iserman is going to have that Detroit team ready to be a playoff team Absolutely. fairly soon. I mean, every move he makes is just amazing. Steve, so he knows what he's yeah, doing. I know, man. Yeah, he does. And I know Washington is is going for the cup, but I think there's there's other teams that are that are that are better than them. And I don't think that this made them all that much better to where that they're going to you know put themselves above some of the other teams. So.
1: Yeah, but I think it's, you know, I'm, you know, I agree with you Steve. There's no doubt about it. But sometimes you yeah. have to look at what your makeup is, what your future is, your veterans on your team, how much more do you have left, you know? That's some got some older guys on that team. Contracts are ending up, you know, this this squad may not be together here next year going forward. You know, so many different factors going on. Um so, you know, the caps are going for it. I mean, that's what Laviolette is in there for. You know? He's yeah. Uh-huh. They're an a older senior team. They bring in, uh, you know, char and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're going for it. That's what it is. And, you know, if the, if they win the cup, and you know this, it's, it's Captain Obvious stuff. The, the picks, all that stuff isn't going to matter. But you know what? This is what's great about hockey, too. You know, we talk about the Devils rebuilding here a little bit. Rangers have been doing it. Uh, the Islanders have totally changed their whole everything around you know what i 'm saying, and if Detroit, who've been the laughing stock here the last couple of seasons it's good for that that fan base and that team and because the future looks good there now too so there's there's teams with a plan. You know, and uh, that's what's great about hockey. So we're going to have a great playoff series coming up here. Uh, Obviously, a lot more games to go here uh, before we get to the end of the month. But um, all great stuff to look forward to. And, Steve, it's just been great talking to you about it and look forward to continue doing this as we go forward. So thanks so much uh, for coming back on here today and giving me some more time, man.
6: Yeah, no worries. My pleasure. I love it. I love having this time to talk to you, and I appreciate you having me on, man.
1: Absolutely, and uh, we apologize to our fellow Rangers and Devil fans for getting a little sickening there together. But you know, <laughs> me and Steve are buds. We're going to try and keep this relationship together during this uh, four-game set this Absolutely. week. Absolutely, it's all good. And belated <laughs> happy birthday, brother. I'm sorry I missed that, man. No, no worries, Paulie. I won't hold it against you. All right, I'm going to look up the balloon shops there around the corner and see if I can't send you over a balloon. Okay. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, all right buddy. Okay. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, man. Take care. Talk to you. Bye. Steve Palumbo, ladies and gentlemen, as always. From the left coast The best coast, yeah Giving us some take here on the Western Division And a little more, and his Devils as well
0: So that puts a wrap On this week's episode of THS I want to thank all you guys out there for subscribing And hanging with us, make sure you follow us everywhere At That Hockey
1: Show And for myself Mr. Paul Cuthbert, Ted Bamford Joe Yarden, Costa Papalias And Mr. Steve Palumbo Wanna thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week and enjoy all the games tonight and all next week. And we'll be back here next Thursday as we get closer to the playoffs in the National Hockey League. All right, be safe out there. Keep your head
0: up. THS is out.